Welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com. Patrick Morrow. Patrick, uh, we're getting closer. Getting closer from this summer malaise. I am amazed by how little baseball we have done on this podcast. Uh, and it's not because I'm not watching. I'm watching more baseball than I ever have been, but it's just not grabbing me. It's not whole season it's just been eh, okay so does that mean you watched a game because you know if you're just last saying year, you watch more year, than I, usual yeah last year the only thing i watched were uh playoffs um i yeah, did not okay, watch so... one game in the regular season no this year i watch i probably say i watched uh two or three games a week wow yeah usually That's... uh day games usually day okay games. yeah uh very rarely is it a night game uh, but a day game I'll put on and I'll have it on in the background. This past weekend, I watched uh, both day games of uh, Yankees Red Sox because they weren't night games and they were in the daytime and they were on in the background. That's what they were. They were on in the background. And uh, Sunday was wild. Uh, the Yankees were trying to snap a 5-5 tie and Volpe gets a hit and some dude gets uh, thrown out uh, at home but they originally called him safe and you know, six, five Yankees. And I went because we had gone away for the weekend. I was going back out to the car to bring in like the suitcases and such. And I was like, wow, the Yankees salvaged the game. How about that? They ended their, their seven game losing streak. Cool. Great. Oh, awesome. And I come back and they're still reviewing. <laughs> and I went, Oh, <laughs> and then the whole thing changed. And the next thing you know, the Red Sox won and the Yankees just can't get out of their own way. And, you know, it's funny. I think part of the malaise that the season is in is that both New York baseball teams are just putrid. And I think that has something to do with the whole country, because when you talk about all these games and all these teams, it's a very regional sport. But if the Mets or Yankees were any good, I think there'd be more interest. And maybe just because I also live in the tri-state area. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're probably right with the Yankees. I don't know. I don't know about the Mets. Like, I, I get the money that Steve Cohen's throwing into that team. They're still in a major market, one that they have to share. And I think they yeah, kind of spend a lot of that time inside of the Yankee shadow. But uh, like, I don't the, the watch Yankees the Mets. or something. I, I wa- the the three teams I watch a little bit of. I watch the Red Sox the Yankees and I yeah. watch the Mariners. Those are my teams that are, you know, the Mariners. I just love the franchise. I love the ballpark. Um, the Yankees I watch because of my iHeart stuff and the Red Sox, the same thing. Sure. But you referenced the Mets. And I think the contrast there is uh, I, I, I was in Europe recently. I was, I was in Ireland and UK and I mean, the Yankee hat is something that, you know, that you can see someone wearing a, a Yankee hat. In Dublin, you can see somebody wearing a Yankee hat in London. You can see somebody wearing a Yankee hat in Toronto. Unfortunately, uh, you don't really see that Mets fandom, uh, you know, that broadly. So I don't know how much their uh, lack of success is impacting um, the storylines around that. But yeah, the Yankees are an interesting one because they're not playing particularly bad baseball. They just continue to be in a division that's loaded with really, really good baseball teams. I mean, we are we are now four out of five they're the, teams. Yeah, they're the only. They're the only. You're right. They're the only team under five hundred. 
Yeah, like if they were in the Central and playing against AL Central teams a little bit more frequently, they're probably above 500 and they're probably a playoff team if they're playing against the Tigers or the White Sox or the Royals a little bit more than they're playing the Rays, the Jays, the Orioles, the upstart Orioles. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Baseball has kind of got that weird, how do you broadly market the game when everything is driven so much more regionally compared to NFL, compared to NBA? Uh it's difficult. And it's also, it's just, it's a nice time of year as well. So baseball, they've made a lot of positive steps forward this year. They've got you watching a few games a week, which is a big change. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a polite golf clap for that, but otherwise, uh, all right, football's coming. EPL's right. back. The tennis is better than ever, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I see you baseball, you're doing good things, but, uh, the real stuff's starting to happen now. And well, well uh, let me, let what me a good time of year. throw it to this way. Um, let's play a game. Let's just play a game. If I were to All tell right. you, what's the biggest? I see, you probably know the answer to this, but uh, wow. I'll prove I mean, point. now that you put that out there, if I don't get it right, um, well, I could know, always. Edit I, I, I don't like the setup for this. No, I could always edit oh. it, so no one's going to okay, know cool. if you got it wrong or not. Um, okay. What's the biggest storyline for the Baltimore Orioles this year? They're thirty uh, games over five hundred. What's the biggest uh, storyline? Gunnar Henderson. No. Oh. It's the announcer getting suspended. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's right now in this moment. And especially uh, the, well, we didn't do anything. And no, we definitely didn't. And But now we're going to make sure we didn't do it again. So wait, did you do something? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm aware of that story. So yeah, that's, uh, I guess I defaulted to that. Let's not edit this. I'll, I'll, I'll happily wear that. Uh, I guess I was defaulting towards the more positive story of Gunnar Henderson, who is now the odds on AL Rookie of the Year favorite right now. But yeah, the... The Orioles booth announcer, who all he did was note that they had struggled in the past on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. And he got pulled. He got pulled from the booth. I mean, way to way to put a stink on what's otherwise an incredible story, uh, an incredible franchise. It's an egregious story. And we saw all of baseball went out of its way to rip the Orioles. And uh, so it turns out I did a little digging because my initial reaction to it was, Boy, I hope this guy didn't do something else, and that's what he's getting penalized for. That's what I thought. Right. Yeah, it's... And based on how the Orioles have managed the situation with denials, obfuscation, clarification, you know, they denied it existed, and then, okay, well, it did exist, and we'll make sure it's not going to happen again, but we don't know why it happened, and there'll be no further comments. It's... It's bizarre. I mean, it, it truly just comes off as if you have to take it at face value, uh, wildly and unnecessarily petty. Like, I, I, if you're the Orioles front office, you've got to be, you know, you should be chuckling about uh, the struggles you've had in the past because goodness gracious, you are running away with the AL East right now. You should not be finding ways for people to detract against uh, your achievements this year, which have been just absolutely obscene and. You know, I know they finished uh, 2022 very, very strongly, but nobody was expecting them to be this strong this year. And I just, I, I, I just don't know how you let something like that happen. It's, it's unfortunate that uh, it's in its own way. It's like baseball can't get out of its own way. Well, I, you know, and that, not to use this podcast to plug another podcast, but this week on Sports with Friends, I did a little digging, uh, and I found out that the kid uh, who did did this, his name is Kevin Brown. No relation mm-hmm. to the pitcher, <laughs> former Dodgers pitcher, who I once saw have a fight, which is a really funny story. Um, but Kevin Brown 
uh, not only is a Syracuse kid, but my guest this week on Sports with Friends is a guy by the name of Brent Axe, who was fired for something very similar. If you remember, there was a Syracuse radio host that was fired because he was negative about the Syracuse uh, basketball team. And Jim Beheim, who's remember. a minority investor, uh, had the guy fired. And mm, Brent Axe okay. was... Okay. So it's, it's a very apples-to-apples apples situation. All he was doing... Yeah, was, it's starting to ring a bell. Yeah, it was... It was, it was um, so anyway, so I had Brent on, not because I needed to talk. I didn't want to have Brent on just to talk about his, um, his, his situation, you know, his situation. Like we talk about his situation, but we were comparing it because he also is a part-time uh, professor at Syracuse, like I am. And he had Kevin Brown as a student. Mm. He said, this guy, this kid is the salt of the earth. And he feels horrible. He doesn't want to be known for this. That's what makes what the Orioles did that much worse. If you want to give him a stern talking to, let's just say what you egregiously accused him of. Let's just say that was that was right. Call him aside and do it privately. Yeah, it's oh, what a joke! It, what, what, what a it, tra- travesty! It's like when someone wakes up on the wrong side of the bed one day and they're just they're looking for an excuse to be shitty to people and uh, yeah. i know we don't curse too much on this show but like just like it, it's otherwise bizarre right like the you comments don't. that he made I, were I, not, curse like he, a sailor. I know i know i'm just i'm, <laughs> I'm trying to rein it in a little bit we're trying to make this show a little bit more family friendly but goodness help me i don't know if we can get there but i just you know it, it's like I've looked at all the words that he used during the so-called offending broadcast and it's just I don't know if, if, if it's like blaming the weatherman when he looks outside and says it's raining. It's just it's it's factual. He, he's not saying it's raining and it's somebody's fault. He's not saying that it's raining and we need to do something about it. He's just noting as a, I think was a pleasant contrast as to where the Orioles are now in August 2023 versus what their past struggles had been. And I, I, I would take that as a, as a positive. Like I can't even imagine why you would be upset by that. And yet. Uh, you know, someone in that Orioles front office found a way to be upset by it. So it's a real eye roller. It's a real head scratcher. Um, you know, the, w- the way they've managed this is, uh, you know, they cl- clearly need to outsource maybe some of their uh, PR or something or crisis management because they just every single update and reply has just looked stupider than the one that preceded it. And uh, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be talking about Gunnar Henderson and the things that the Orioles are doing this year and a wildly competitive AL East than the absolute nonsense of a franchise who clearly doesn't know how to act like they've been there before. Granted, it's been a while, but yeah, they, they need to start acting like they've been there because they're really, really friggin' good right now. And yeah. they're they're not no, behaving right. like a franchise that is. You're right. You're right. Hey, uh, you know, the, this past week they had the Cincinnati Open uh, in tennis. And, you know, what I've been screaming about on this podcast for weeks uh, is how great the young generation, the new generation of tennis stars is, uh, all because of that show, Breakpoint. <laughs> that show was great. Um, Breakpoint but, owes you royalties at this point, by the way. Seriously, just, uh, for I, how much I have you're been it. selling that show on this podcast. Uh, but anyway, uh, Coco Goth won on the women's side. And then this classic matchup between uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the young phenom, and Novak Djokovic, who's not going away lightly, 
and uh, seven five seven six seven six. I mean, two tiebreakers and a seven five. I mean, you couldn't have a more even match. And oh, by the way, I only said three sets because they played two out of three, which is what men's tennis should be doing. I don't know, man. I listen. I I feel bad that off air I told you, like, hey, you know what? That was really really good for two out of three because I was worried that I was going right. to have to eat those words. But I I don't know. It's the one thing that really struck me about that match uh, was their ability to have the kind of rallies that they did on a hard court surface. That's incredibly incredibly rare. And what else struck me was similar to their uh, championship match in Wimbledon was watching Alcaraz uh, outlast Djokovic on points. Um, that's something that people don't do. And again, historically, you can look at the numbers. The longer a rally goes, the higher Djokovic's win percentage on those rallies uh, goes up alongside it. And to see Alcaraz just hang as much as he did the back and forths, I mean, they were defending like they were on clay, not playing on the hardest and fastest and most volatile surface out there, which usually is a match known for aces. These guys were battling back and forth. They were playing 10-minute service games. Again, that's what you see on clay. And uh, boy, I I love the way tennis, whether it's the grass court season, the clay season, the hard court season, you know, they have these, and I get why they have it. You got to have these warm-up tournaments because you're switching services. You got to get people used to it. But the appetizer that the Cincinnati Masters was, uh, I'm chomping at the bid now for the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, it's going to be Djokovic and Alcaraz as, uh, you know, your co-favorites right there. Very, very neck and neck. Medvedev uh, along the way. But you always hope to see good tennis. You always hope for a good run. You're always excited when somebody comes out of nowhere. But between you and me, I'm hoping it's Djokovic. And uh, I hope it's Alcaraz again. And you know what? I hope it goes five sets. Uh, how do you like that? <laughs> I I hope so. I hope so, too. It's 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 good to see you um, getting on board. It's just it's nice to see nice to see yeah don't get Um, used to it (laughs) uh this weekend is kind of the soft launch for college football uh there are a bunch of games and a lot of them are on national television um it's a handful of games uh some of them have lines that are less than 10 right yeah we'll we'll have to look to the following saturday september 2nd where we really have the full buffet of games um yeah, but but yeah, it's uh, UMass New Mexico State. That's a touchdown. Ohio San yep. Diego State. It's two and a half. UTEP Jacksonville State. Even you'll take that. Yep. Those are competitive games. I'll take them. And you know what? Maybe somebody will surprise me elsewhere. Uh, you know, no- Notre Dame is uh, kicking things off against Navy this year in uh, Dublin, which I just came back from. Uh, but yeah, they're twenty and a half point favorites in that one. Uh, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll I'll take whatever I can get. I'm starved for meaningful football. Uh, you know, if any one of these uh, teams can hang a little bit, yeah, Washington State, Colorado State, that's only eleven. Uh, th- th- this is great. This is this is what we're this is what we've been waiting for all summer. Uh, for us at Bavada, this is the appetizer in the sense that this is where we'll be making sure that all of our props are working the way they are, that our live betting is working the way it is uh, in advance of that September 2nd uh, larger launch. But I, I, I love it. I, I can't wait to get going. And I can't wait that I will be back down in Costa Rica. I, better, I should get a passport at this point for how long I'm down there, but or how often I'm down there. But yeah, it, it's good. I can't wait till Saturday. I hope everything goes off without a hitch. Hope the games are good. Hope we get at least one upset out there. But if not, then, well, in just over a week and a half's time, uh, we're going to get everything. Hawaii Vanderbilt is Hawaii getting out 
of the their state with the fires and everything. Uh, that's a good I don't know if that happens. Yeah. We're not going to know now. I mean, it'll be later in the week. Notre Dame Navy. Syracuse's first game is against Colgate. Standing by. Colgate. Colgate. You know, the toothpaste yeah. bowl. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if there's any conversation around Hawaii not actually uh, exiting um, the islands to play. And to that that extent, uh, what was the state, you know, damage at the L.A. Coliseum for USC San Jose State? All those things have to be, you know, figured out. I think I saw a picture. I don't know if it was Photoshop, but I'm not fact Dodger Stadium, you saw that picture? Oh, which one was that? So you tell me first. Dodger Stadium is like underwater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's one of the ones I saw. I think I saw another one where there was uh, a large size aquatic mammal. I'm not going to say whether it was a shark or something else because I couldn't tell, but it looked like it was on the highway, or at least uh, in, out in the middle of a road. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that's that is summer. my favorite, my all time favorite uh, lesson that I taught my kids because <laughs> so this is so stupid. We were in the aftermath of a hurricane. Uh, there was a bunch of flooding in the Northeast. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it two years ago? And my daughter, who she, now she's a very smart 15-year-old, but back then she was like 12 or 13. She runs downstairs and she says, you guys are not going to believe this. But the zoo, there was a zoo like three miles from our house, uh, has flooded and there's animals and like there's like a rhinoceros crossing Northfield Avenue. <laughs> All I said was, um, what's your source on that? She's like, TikTok. Wow. So you uh you, debunked, you fake news to your I, daughter. I, I debunked. I said, I said, just for the record, that's not a source. Yeah. You you community notes her. Um, <laughs> that's right. you, yeah. She uh spreading misinformation. Doesn't she know how dangerous that is, Seth Everett? But uh <laughs> Well, I, if nothing else, we can appreciate her enthusiasm uh, given events like that. But yeah, um, certainly a wild weather summer, whether it's been Canada, U.S., everywhere in between, uh, wildfires. Yesterday was the first reference to, I think, a hurricane that I've ever seen before. Um, yeah, I guess that's just life in 2023 now. So I don't know. We, we had flooding uh, nearby here as well recently. Uh, we've had forest fires in Canada. We continue to have forest fires in Western Canada right now and in the Northwest nice. Territories. So I'm I'm just hoping that uh, I don't know I don't like my odds, but I'm hoping when I go down to Costa Rica that those uh, volcanoes stay uh, inactive because otherwise that could be a fun wrinkle too. Yeah, well, it should it should be uh, wild. Um, you just hope everybody is uh, safe and and you know this, 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 it's crazy times. We're in crazy times, but you come here for sports and we hope to deliver sports. Next week we'll have a full slate of college games, and then the week after we'll have a full week one in the national football league it's almost there we're almost there and the english premier league is in full swing right now yeah two weeks in two weeks in it's very nice uh, how do you like arsenal's chances this year seth i hope i hope i can hope that's all i can say is i hope oh no come on we want a bold take top of the table or bust know. champions right. league or bust Champions League trophy, I, I should hope, say. Her butt. I hope Jury and Timber's already hurt. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is already hurt. We'll see. We'll see. 
Brighton's already, I know it's only two games and we're overreacting. Brighton looks really, really good early. Um, I, I'm once again worried about our crosstown rivals, uh, Everton, because they've got awful. They, they lost 4 nothing to a nobody team uh, on Sunday. Um, I'm worried. The last two, three years, uh, a lot of Liverpool fans wouldn't say this, but I enjoy the rivalry enough that I want to play that Merseyside Derby twice a year. And I, I know it's early days, it's easy to overact, but Everton looks like this might be finally the one where they're toast, they're done, they might be going down to the championship. Really ugly football so far. Well, I, I love the uh, the stadium for the newly promoted uh, promoted Luton Town. This is their first time in the uh, in the Premier League, and they have a stadium that seats eleven thousand. Is that the one where like it it's in this like you have to go through houses to get into the stadium? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, that was a cool thing. So I I was in the UK when it was the Championship playoff uh, weekend to see who gets promoted up, which is an amazing way to see who gets promoted up uh, yeah. going to a, a game like that. And yeah, that was the first time I was made aware that you have to actually like go through some houses yeah, to get into the stadium. Yep. And, uh, you know, p- people think uh, the dimensions of stadiums for uh, baseball games are pretty funky. Well, yeah, uh, take a Google of Luton Town Stadium, folks. You won't be disappointed. It's a wild stadium. All right. That'll do it for the Bavada at Odds podcast. We will see you next week with full on college football. The U.S. Open will have started. Patrick, have a week. Thank you very much, folks, and we'll see you next week live from Costa Rica. Thank you.